0: What's up my crab community. Normally I would be wishing you a good day and saying that I hope you're having a great day, but I have a sneaky feeling that that's not the case. It is only Wednesday and I have already had an argument with my husband over what time we eat dinner. I have a sneaky suspicion that you have been having a similar week where you're feeling a little bit hypersensitive, more agitated, more easily irritable, and guess what? I'm not even on my fucking period. It's already Wednesday and I've already cried this week. I've already had an argument this week. I've already been down in the dumps, beating myself up, talking really negatively about myself and my relationship, and it's only motherfucking Wednesday. If you are having a similar week to me, allow me to explain why. Everything goes back to the stars. I believe that nothing is by chance, right? I do believe, and not necessarily like, ooh, everything's connected and there's a God and our paths are already carved out for us. I don't believe that, but I do believe that there's always something deeper. And if you take that little bit of effort to dig deeper and truly analyze What month is it? What do the stars look like? What position are the planets in? What time of, is it a full moon? Is it a half moon? Is it a crescent moon? If you look inwards into nature, the tides of the ocean, the changing of the seasons, the phases of the moon, you will see a lot of connection. And if you are having, like I said, a really hypersensitive week, you find yourself really lacking effective communication with your loved ones or your partner, you're easily sensitive, easily agitated, here's why. I learned today that, okay, think about the position of the moon when you were born. Right, The earth is on a rotation and everything functions in a full circle. So the day you were born in June or July, because we're Cancers, that moon was in a specific set position. Now, here we are the 1st of December, A full six months later and the moon right now, Cancers, is in the exact opposite position. It is on the opposite side of the circle. So if you think of a circle, you think of the moon on the top north side, maybe that's when you were born. Now the moon is on the south side, a full 180 degree opposite direction from the day you were born and Cancers are ruled by the moon. And if you didn't know this, the moon actually symbolizes our emotional world. It's why Cancers are so emotional, so intuitive, so sensitive, and also so moody. It's because the moon has many phases. Like I mentioned, full moon, half moon, crescent moon, waning moon. Those represent our moods, our emotions. And the moon goes through so many phases in a similar fashion that we experience so many emotions in a day. I actually read somewhere that cancers are the only horoscope that experience all 12 signs in a day. So you may wake up feeling confident like a Leo, but then you may be feeling torn between two decisions like a Gemini. Then you might be feeling super sexual and sensual like a Scorpio. Cancers are the only sign, the only sign that experience all 12 signs other signs in a day. That's how moody we are. That's how transformative we are. And that's how adaptive we are. But right now, our moon is in the furthest possible position from the day we were born. It has abandoned us in a sense. It is long gone. It is 100 degrees in the opposite direction. So we're feeling a little bit lost. Our emotional world, our spiritual world, is conflicted. It's confused. It's lost right now. It feels like the moon has abandoned us and we are left to our own devices. We are left to our own communications and our own problems and the moon is like, peace, bitch. I'm gonna I'm a chuck a ride to the other side of the galaxy and you're just gonna fend for yourself, okay? So if you're feeling like this week has really started off on a rocky, uh, moody, crabby, pessimistic note... Just take comfort in the fact that it's because the moon is so far away from us right now. For me, I'll dig a little deeper into what exactly happened in my household. So I believe it was, yeah, on Monday, my husband and I had a very strange miscommunication about dinner time. And it's going to sound so stupid in reflection, and most fights are. Most fights sound so dumb and insignificant and petty upon reflection, but I'm going to be honest with you. We had a miscommunication over dinner. So my husband was updating his resume, doing something really that required a lot of concentration and focus. So he's on his computer, type, type, typing away, and it's like uh, 5 5.50 and I'm feeling a little bit hungry. So I go into the dinner and start fixing dinner or I go into the kitchen and start fixing dinner. And my husband's like, "Uh, hey, like I'm not hungry right now. I'm actually updating my resume and I'm gonna be doing this for a while. And I was like, oh, okay, like that's fine, but I'm hungry, so I'm gonna eat now. And then, I don't know, we were just both kind of snippy with each other. And then my husband was like, I don't wanna eat alone. Like, don't eat without me. And I was like, what the fuck, I'm hungry now. I don't wanna wait until you're done updating your resume to have dinner like why can't we have dinner at different times and my husband was like no you like why can't you just snack and then eat in 30 minutes when I'm done like can't you just have a snack and I was like no I want fucking dinner and then it turned in this whole stupid fucking thing about I and I ended up spiraling because I thought that he was coming across as a little bit too controlling like trying to control when I eat dinner, what I eat for dinner, how much of something I have for dinner. And I've mentioned to you before that I'm a little bit, you know, food and nutrition can be a touchy subject with me simply because I've gone through so many negative phases of hating my body and questioning what I should eat, what diet plan should I be on, should I lose weight, am I fat, am I, like, I've talked about this before, actually in the last episode, my November favorites, I talked about how much dumbbells and strength training has saved my self-image and saved my confidence. So the fact that my husband and I were arguing about food and like, when is the appropriate dinner time and what is the appropriate dinner meal and should I snack first and then have dinner later? It just, it's a very sensitive subject for me. And I felt like his, not anger, but just like preference for eating together and his suggestion that I have a snack now and eat proper dinner later, it just came across as, really controlling like you're trying to control what I eat and when I eat and it just rubbed me the wrong way because it's such a sensitive subject for me and our he wasn't wrong I wasn't wrong I wasn't right he wasn't right there really was no winning or losing this argument it was just a clear example of miscommunication and misinterpretation of what the other one was saying now that I've had time to reflect it's been two days I realized like, oh yeah, I of course I would so much rather eat dinner at the same time as my, as my husband, of course. But in the off chance that I want to eat earlier, it shouldn't be a big deal. And what my husband was saying was like, okay, if you want to eat now, fix yourself a snack and then later in like 30 minutes, we can enjoy proper dinner together. So in a way, we, we both had elements that we wanted to come you know, get across and Anyway, it's a mess. It's stupid. It's petty. It's ridiculous. Everything's fine now. But it did like snowball into raised voices and a little bit of not yelling, but just like, you know, very tense, uh, serious tones. And of course, I'm a, I'm a cancer. So I literally cannot have an argument without crying. And I was just hyper emotional. And then after the fight, of course, I couldn't sleep properly because I had racing thoughts. And I have a feeling that a lot of cancers are feeling this way, extra emotional, extra sensitive, extra reflective and nostalgic. And you're really up in your own head right now. And you really have it ruminating. Actually, there's a I love this term. There's the word rumination or to ruminate as a verb. I learned it in psychology class to ruminate means to play back negative emotions or negative feelings or thoughts in your head again and again and again. So if you can't sleep at night because you're thinking about the same fucking thing, the same argument, the same thing you wish you could have said but didn't have the words for in the heat of the moment, right? We always end up thinking like, oh damn, I wish I should have said this. I wish I should have communicated it in this way. That's called rumination. Rumination or to ruminate. So the night after our fight, I was ruminating in bed, thinking of all the words that I should have said or should not have said. And basically, I came to this conclusion uh, yesterday, so 24 hours after our fight. Relationships are a cycle. And if you think about it, everything in life is a cycle. It's a circle. The horoscopes make a circle. The 12, you put them together, it comes full circle. The moon is a circle. The, um, a woman's menstrual cycle is a cycle. The calendar is a cycle. Seasons are a cycle. Everything or really nothing but also everything has a beginning and an end. Like there is no end of the year because it just begins again and there is no end of winter because it just comes back again, right? It's it's kind of like everything's connected in this weird cycle where everything begins anew and then therefore nothing ends. And it's just endless repetition. And you could really fall down a rabbit hole of thinking like, that could either come across really depress- depressing to you, like, wow, nothing matters because it's all just an endless cycle and we're all just working machines going again and again and again. That can come across as really depressive or like a really anxious thought for some. Or it could be really uplifting and freeing knowing that nothing ends and everything is a new beginning. Everything has a fresh start. Everything is a refresh. And I realized something that relationships, long lasting, I'm talking about growing old together, being 80 years old, going to the supermarket together, holding hands. I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know about you because we're Cancers. We see an old couple. 80 years old, wrinkled, white, like Santa Claus, white hair, and we start to cry. I cannot see an old elderly couple out in public without crying. And relationships like that, relationships that stand the test of time, they operate on a cycle and they acknowledge that cycle and they appreciate it for what it is. They don't try to change it. They don't try to break the cycle. They don't try to fight the cycle. And this is what the cycle is. Messing up, arguing, miscommunicating, having a tiff, having a blowout, having a freakout, and then forgiving. So my husband came home from work and he was like, do you forgive me? Because I feel like he was a little bit more in the, okay, whatever. There is no right or wrong. But anyway, my husband was like, do you forgive me? And I was like, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? Not forgive you? Because guess what? If I choose not to forgive you, then there's really no point in us continuing this relationship. I'm not going to stay in a relationship with someone who I do not forgive and cannot forgive and refuse to forgive. It's literally a cycle of you said something that made me upset. Or I said something that made you upset. And we're going to experience those negative emotions together. And then... A day will go by and you're going to come to me or I'm going to come to you and say, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? And if you want that long lasting lifetime relationship, guess what? You have to fucking forgive and you have to fucking realize that relationships are just a cycle of fucking up, apologizing and accepting someone's apology. That is, that is literally everything that a relationship is. I'm gonna fuck up, you're gonna fuck up, I'm gonna ask forgiveness, you're gonna ask forgiveness, and we're both gonna fucking forgive each other. Because guess what, if we don't, then this is the end of the relationship. And I'm not saying that every situation is going to be forgivable, but it just proves that the ending of relationships is the inability to forgive or the inability to say, you deserve a second chance, And I want to keep going with you. I'm sure there are things in life that are unforgivable. For example, in my first... So I've only been in two serious relationships. One with a guy from college and two is my husband. So I've really only been in love twice and have gone through a plethora of emotions with two men. So my first serious relationship in college, he cheated on me. He had an emotional affair with his girlfriend I found text messages on his phone of heart emojis and I miss you and I love you and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if they actually fucked. I don't know if there was any physical physical cheating, but emotional cheating is just as bad in my books. I had proof that he was emotionally cheating on me. And to me, that was an example of I cannot forgive you. I do not want to forgive you. You don't have my trust. You don't have my respect. You don't have my forgiveness. And boom, that was the end of the relationship. That broke the cycle. Sometimes people fuck up to a large enough extent where that cycle becomes broken because the forgiveness is not there and the willingness to move on. I'm not saying forget. Absolutely do not forget. But you just got to say, you know what? I'm going to take this loss. We're going to take this loss together as a team, as a couple, as a partnership. And we're going to choose to keep moving forward. We're going to keep moving on and living our lives together. So in the grand scheme of things, the argument my husband and I had over dinner, what the fuck time to eat dinner is nothing, and it is absolutely forgivable and also a little bit forgettable, let's be honest. But I just had that realization, like, when my husband asked me, do you forgive me? It was like, yes or no, and we get a fucking divorce. So which is it here? Just a really like kooky realization that everything is a cycle. It's crazy. So speaking of our power and our pressure, our pressure is simply the fact that the moon is about as farthest away in the galaxy, in the solar system as it could possibly be right now. Is that It, it is in the polar opposite position from the day we were born. So the fact that the moon has almost abandoned us And it is so far away, and it is so unreachable. And the moon stands for our emotional world. Our pressure right now is simply the fact that our emotions are just out of whack. Our communications out of whack. We're extra sensitive, extra emotional, also extra nostalgic. But I gotta say, this kind of ties into what our our power is. And I read something in the CoStar app. Is this effective? So if you find yourself feeling that extra emotional, agitated, aggressive behavior, I want you to ask yourself, is this effective in reaching a solution? And that was really eye-opening for me because I happen to, get, to be, you know, to be a little, uh, to behave a little childish when it comes to the resolution of an argument I, my natural reflex, my natural response is to go cold shoulder, right? Cancers were great at this. We revert into our shells, we tuck our head in between our legs, and we like to pretend that the problem doesn't exist or that the person creating the problem or prompting the problem, doesn't exist, a.k.a. the silent treatment, a.k.a. the cold shoulder. I'm going to pretend you don't exist. I'm going to go into my little bubble and pretend that everything is rainbows and butterflies. Is that effective, though? The answer is no. The cold shoulder, the silent treatment is never effective. That is something that five-year-olds do. And something that a lot of, uh, that all water signs have in common, I've realized, Scorpio, Pisces, and Cancers, we are the most childlike out of all the four elements. Out of all, out of wind, earth and fire and water, water signs are the most childlike. I'm not saying childish in a negative way, but I'm just saying we're the most easily excitable signs or elements, we're the most easily upset signs. You know, a child, it doesn't take a lot for a child to be happy. You give a child a stuffed animal, you give a child a lollipop and they are thrilled. You have made their day, but guess what? You take that lollipop away, you take that stuffed animal away, and boom, that child is the most upset they have ever been. They are crawl, crying and screaming and throwing a fit and making a scene. It is so easy to make water signs happy and joyful and make their day, but boom, within three seconds, you take that lollipop away and water signs become a crying, screaming disaster. So in that sense, water signs are the most childlike. That can be seen as a positive, but it can also be seen as a negative. And in the argument with my husband, I realized that my natural instinct or my first reflex to ignore cold shoulder silent treatment is A, pretty fucking childish. I mean, we're adults, let's talk about it, let's be honest, let's confront the problem head on, and B, it's not effective. The cold shoulder is not effective. The silent treatment is not effective. Slamming doors and telling someone to go fuck themselves is not effective. And I was listening to this podcast the other day that had nothing to do with horoscopes or astrology, but it was, he was like a life coach or an, an, a motivational speaker. And he was asked, how do you deal with arguments? Because they're always gonna come up. How do you make sure that an argument stays within bounds, no one's hitting below the belt, and you don't fly off the handle. And he said, as hard as it may be, try to make some form of physical contact. Place your hand on their thigh. Place your hand on their knee. Scoot closer to them during an argument. And it, it goes against everything within our natural forces when you're furious at someone you want to walk away you want to tell them to fuck off you want to point fingers you want to create physical distance because you don't like them very much and we don't we often don't want to get close to people we don't like But when it comes to people who truly matter to you, your husband, your wife, your romantic partner, someone you truly love and respect and cherish, the best thing you can do, the best thing to keep this argument within bounds and within control is to make some form of physical contact. Scoot closer to them on the couch. Take, grab their hand and say like, okay, sweetie, I'm fucking pissed and you're fucking pissed. But we're in this together. scoot closer, touch their knee, make some form of physical contact. And I, and that is probably the most effective way to resolve an argument. And you know, that's part of our power, honestly. as, as water signs, you know, we're, we're pretty we're pretty touchy. We're pretty uh, we, we like that physical contact. It can sting like a bitch. I mean, have you ever been pinched by a scorpion? or a crab, it really fucking hurts. But that's how we choose to express our love is through physical contact. So I would say that our power is first of all, being able to make that physical contact within an argument. Being able to set aside the bullshit and say, okay, I'm, I'm furious, make no mistake. I am not brushing my feelings under the rug. I am not minimizing my feelings. But I'm gonna go ahead and place my little, you know, my little cancer claw, my little pincher. I'm gonna hold, and, oh my God, my fuck, my husband's a fucking cancer too. So I just imagine us being like two little lobsters, you know, like a friend reference. Oh, he's her lobster. My husband's my fucking lobster. We may not be lobsters, we're crabs, but we're gonna, we're gonna be holding fucking pinchers until the day we die. We're gonna be that old crab couple with, wrinkles and white hair holding pinchers until the day we die. And as water signs, we're really good at making that physical contact. Sometimes it fucking stings and it fucking hurts and we're good at making those jabs. But you know what? I actually agree with what that podcaster was saying. The best way to keep an argument within bounds is to scoot closer to make physical contact. Just just touch their leg. I'm not saying you gotta kiss and cuddle and have sex that night. You probably won't even be in the mood to do so, but just take your palm and put it on their arm, just to reassure, like, you know what? I'm still on your fucking side. I'm still your friend. We are not enemies. Just because we're disagreeing right now does not make us enemies in life. So that's part of our power. The second part of our power is um resiliency, and I talked about this before, water signs, also specifically cancers, are the most resilient because we're so adaptive, flexible, and transformative. We experience all 12 signs in a day. Do you realize how exhausting that would be to any other sign? But to us, it's like second nature. Boom, I'm a Leo. Boom, I'm a Sagittarius. Boom, I'm an Aquarius. What's up, bitch? I've transformed right between your eyes. I'm motherfucking Houdini. We're motherfucking magicians over here. And that leads to resiliency. We know how to take a fucking punch. We know how to be kicked down on the ground emotionally, physically. When life really fucking screws us, when life really feels like it's kicking you, the most resilient sign to come back are water signs in general. Because, you know, water, the most adaptive go with the flow, you can put water in an ice tray and it transforms. You can put water in a vase and it gives the flowers life. Think about it. Water is the source of life. We literally are life. And we're going to keep on fucking living no matter how hard life beats us down. We know how to take a fucking punch. And you know what? The, The ability to be emotional and the ability to forgive is a sign of strength. And I struggle with this sometimes too. Did I, did I want to forgive my husband? Honestly, I knew that I was going to eventually. I mean, of course I'm going to forgive him. But in that moment, I kind of wasn't, I wasn't kind of ready, you know, I was, this is me holding on to my childish tendency to be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to forgive you. No, I don't really feel like it. No, no, no. It sounds so fucking childish, but I was like, I'm not fucking ready to forgive you yet. But you just got to remember, forgiveness is a sign of strength. Resiliency is a sign of strength. The ability to make physical contact with someone, regardless of how heated you are, is strength. And there was another quote that I read that was pretty eye-opening. It said, how you leave your bed is how you live your life. So if you wake up in the morning and you leave your bed a mess, you leave it unattended, you leave it unorganized, chaotic, messy, dirty... That's how you're gonna live your life. And obviously it's hyperbole, it's exaggeration. How you leave your bed is how you leave your morning. And that to me, if I had to, you know, translate it in a little bit of a different way, that to me suggests that it's the little tiny things that you do in life that can make your life the most satisfactory. And this is especially important right now since our moon has kind of said bye bye and we're left to our own devices. So right now the best thing you can do while we're waiting for our moon to kind of come back into orbit and get closer to us is take care of the little tiny things. Make your bed, brush your teeth, wash your face, take your dog out, eat a good breakfast, floss, take a fucking shower, The really small things in life, how you leave your bed is how you live your life. So make your bed and take care of the tiny little things, the the mandatory things, the necessary things. Light the candles, buy yourself the chocolate truffles. I'll never shut up about chocolate truffles. Buy some paint by numbers. I talked about that in my November favorites. Do these little housekeeping chores, you know, sweep the rug, fluff the pillows, Spray some perfume in the air so it smells nice when your roommate or your partner gets home. Do these little housekeeping things just to keep your life in check while we're waiting for our moon to come back to us, to come closer to us. And that's all I have for you today, Cancers. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Sophie Radvan. If you want to follow the show, it's at Cancer Culture Pod. And if you want to be super nice and make my day, I would love it if you left Cancer Culture a positive review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck the app is called these days. That's all I have for you today. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.